Do you like cookies? Jeffrey started Fat Snacks, S-N-A-X, in 2017 to make his keto lifestyle way more delicious. Fat Snacks cookies are soft-baked to perfection using coconut flour, butter, and almond flour. First time I tried these Fat Snacks cookies, oh my goodness, you guys, I fell in love. Plus, they're sugar-free, contain just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs, and have up to 9 grams of fat. Jeff and his team are proud to have become the top-selling keto-friendly cookie, all with just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs per serving. Fat Snacks flavors include chocolate chip, peanut butter, and lemony lemon, and they recommend you start with the variety pack on your first order. Head on over to fatsnacks.com slash Jimmy, that's F-A-T-S-N-A-X dot com slash Jimmy, and use the coupon code L-L-V-L-C at checkout for 5% off of a single order or 10% off of your first subscription order at Snacks Cookies. Ah, living la vida loca, this show is changing lives, we talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right, cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore, the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore, time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis, every day is a new step to your goal, yeah you're getting closer, motivated and focused, don't stop just go, time to get inspiration from the living la vida low carb show, Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of William Schufelt. We're going to call him Will here today. But Will is a 23 year old actor, model, as well as ketogenic fitness expert. He's best known starring on Netflix as well as Nickelodeon's Power Rangers Ninja Steel. He's Brody the Red Power Ranger. He's been nominated for a couple of Kids' Choice Awards and has spoken at nutrition conferences, universities, and is now beginning his own podcast related to health, fitness, and business. He recently released a book called Carnivore Shredding. It's an ebook that you can get at thecarnivoreshreddingprogram.com. It details his approach to fat loss, where he uses intermittent fasting, a carnivore diet, as well as specific styles of training to achieve and maintain a lean physique year-round without calorie counting or uh, deprivation. WilliamShufelt.com is his website. Shufelt spelled S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T. What's up, Will? That was the best improvised introduction I have ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) No, that, that was awesome, Jimmy. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to talking today. Yeah, man. And and you kind of uh, came out of nowhere. I heard people uh, whispering at KetoCon this year, have you met the Power Ranger guy yet? I'm like, what are you talking about? Power Rangers was a show on in the 1980s. The Power Rangers isn't on anymore. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 the new version, uh, William Schufelt's in it. And I'm like, all right, I need to meet this guy. So uh, so then you reached out to me and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time you were probably looking around the crowd for someone in spandex. I was. I was waiting <laughs> for like the enemies to come along so you could kick their, kick their butts and everything. So. <laughs> Lord Ketone. <laughs> yes, Lord. Um, yeah, I know. So Lord Carbo. It, it was Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Darth Carbo. Darth Carbo. Um, it, it was it was great meeting you at KetoCon. I remember when I saw you, the first thing I thought was he is way taller than I thought he would be. <laughs> um, and I, I, I had to go over and say hi to you. But um, yeah, I, I think I met you at the VIP dinner. Yeah, so, that's right. Yep. Well, that's cool. 
Well, tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, acting. And obviously, I want to go a few places there because there is this image that you have to maintain, especially if you're going to play a Power Ranger, um, that you can't really let yourself go and you have to maintain a fit uh, appearance. Of course, you're super young still, too. Um, but let's uh, let's get into how you got into acting. Yeah. So I was actually uh, studying economics at UC San Diego. And I was doing that for about three years. I had never acted a day in my life. And it was something that I had always kind of wanted to do. I, I just always thought if I had enough confidence and, you know, if, if, I, if I was just motivated enough, I would go for it. But it was just one of those things that seems like, you know, your dad has to be a director or you have to know somebody who's in the industry and they'll break you into it. Um, so it just seemed completely unrealistic that, you know, some kid from Modesto who had no connections and no experience could get into it. But when I was in college doing economics, I basically studied and I was going into all of the different fields that I thought I might want to work in for the rest of my life. So yeah. I, I did a consulting internship. I did an accounting internship. Um, I tried finance. I was studying more theory. And having done all of that, I was deeply, deeply dissatisfied. Um, as much as I loved economics, I realized I wasn't making the contribution to the world that I thought I was capable of and that I wanted to make. And I sort of hit that crossroads where I said, look, with acting, um, you can gain a profile. You can be able to have and make the impact that you want. Yeah. And you can also explore so many different paths in life. It's, it's, very, it's a very free career. You, know? um, you have a lot of liberty in terms of what you want to do or you can sort of bite the bullet and work hard in economics and that'll be your thing. Who's the most famous guy in economics? Is it uh, former secretary of treasury Reich? Maybe he's the most famous name in economics. I'm trying to think of the most famous person in that realm. Oh, geez. Um, if, if we're talking about big names in general, um, John Maynard Keynes, uh, Milton Friedman. They're still alive. Bernanke, maybe. Yeah. Probably somebody like that. You have to struggle. Whereas if you say in the acting world, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, you can kind of go down the list really fast of entertainment people. But the economics world, there's really no rock stars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, that does open up an opportunity, actually, I think, for people to really publicize and bring economics to the mainstream. So you know, there is an opportunity there, but, um, that's an opportunity I think I'll pass on. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I hit that crossroads and I basically said, okay, I got one year left until I graduate. So this is like one year of sort of a safety bubble before I got into the real world. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to give myself this one year and I have to make it within a year. So I set a goal for myself and I said, I want to star on a major TV show within a year. Wow. Um, I set that big goal. And I chunk that thing all the way down. That's unrealistic, by the way. For those of you listening, most actors <laughs> spend a year, maybe a decade, decade and a half trying to get on <laughs> some major TV show. It's, it's highly unrealistic, but it's one of those crazy things where if you like stake your whole life on it and, and you kind of have to make it happen. I broke that thing all the way down to, uh, you know, quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals. And then I had daily goals and it was, you know, I, I had to get some theater experience, some acting classes, then get an agent then do music videos, non-union commercials, do uh, independent films, do short films. And it was it was kind of a small snowball effect. Yeah. Seizing every opportunity I could 
moving as fast as I could. And um, by the end of that year, I booked the starring role in Power Rangers. And um, luckily, since then, I've just continued working. That's awesome, man. So from a nutritional standpoint, uh, you want to try to be in the best shape of your life uh, because you have this very physically demanding acting role now. So you didn't always uh, adhere to kind of a carnivore keto style of diet. What did you do before that? So for four years, I was a whole foods plant-based vegan. I, I, I tried different iterations of the diet. I went with more of a fruitarian approach. I did more of a nutrient density, Joel Furman approach. I did, um, you know, 30 bananas a day. I, I was, I was trying all of that stuff. And basically this was, I, I had, um, a lot of gut issues at the time. This was sort of like right before college, a lot of gut issues. And I had terrible skin, um, probably the most severe acne I've ever seen. And I, I just started studying diets and I, I thought, okay, so what's the healthiest diet? And from reading so many books about centenarians and blue zones and healthy at 100 and Dr. Michael Greger and Caldwell Esselstein and sort of all of the, the big names in that community, yep. I was utterly convinced this is the way to go. So I did that for long enough. You know, By the fourth year, I realized, look, you can try to make something work and, and you can have like an ideological dogmatic adherence to it. But if it's not working, it's not working. And at some point, you really just have to be honest with yourself and say, I need to find something else. Well, and Will, here's where it gets into trouble is people do go vegan and do see improvements, but it's improvements based on what they were eating before, which for most people tends to be a junk food kind of standard American diet. So when you switch over to a vegan way of eating and you're eating mostly real whole foods, I think the nutrient density alone of that kind of a diet compared to what you were eating makes you feel better in the short term. But like you're describing, you know, a few years into it, you go, okay, whoa, what's happening here? So what were those things that were happening to you? Well, I I absolutely agree with that. I think, um, you know, it's, it's compared to any other diet. It's probably not that bad, but if you're looking at optimal health, um, you know, it's nowhere near optimal uh, living and optimal performance. So what I was experiencing was a lot of bloating, uh, gut bloating, um, constantly just distended stomach. Um, no matter how much I ate, I was never full, never satiated. And then towards the third and fourth year, my energy really, really started to dip. And I had so much trouble focusing. Um, so it was just a consistent hunger, always hungry, never full. Um, never achieved great body composition. I think I probably lost muscle and I was starting to gain fat and my appetite was just out of whack. And I wasn't able to focus on my work, which, you know, it it just doesn't work for the career that I was going into. Every two hours I was starving. I was ravenously hungry and I would have to find something to snack on. So, um, I mean, when we talk about my journey into ketosis, it's just, it's night and day how those symptoms were relieved and how much better I feel now. So how'd you find keto? Basically, uh, I was one season into Power Rangers and I realized that I had to change things. And we had a three-week hiatus in between seasons. So I went home and I started doing as much research as I could possibly do. And I'm thinking I probably found keto the way a lot of people found keto. I think it was probably through YouTube. Um, And through YouTube, that led to reading a lot of different articles and I, I love to go down rabbit holes. So I was studying everything I could about low carb, about Atkins, about uh, ketogenic diets, both the therapeutic form 
for weight loss, um, you know, how I can do it as an athlete. And I pretty much went cold turkey. I went from one day eating whole foods plant-based to the next day. I think I fasted the entire day. And then I, I had a, a completely ketogenic meal. It, it was meat, some vegetables, some fat. Um, so not the recommended way to do this. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I basically completely went for it. And this is one thing that usually surprises people, but I actually felt almost an, an immediate improvement, especially in terms of satiety. Yes. So I think my body was probably so deprived on that vegan diet that that influx of B vitamins and iron and all of these different nutrients that you find uh, specifically in meat, the complete proteins, um, finally yep. getting those, it's Yes, it's it's just a breath of fresh air. My my gut wasn't having to ferment all the beans I was eating and lentils and all of that kind of stuff. So it really, I just felt immediately so much better. And then I think I slowly worked through the keto adaptation process. Now, it had to be weird because your uh, co-workers on the set of Power Rangers had to have seen when you were vegan what you were eating uh, when you weren't actively working and then switching over to basically the opposite diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird how we try to be consistent to the people around us. So when we make these changes, we feel the need to justify ourselves to our family, to, you know, people. But the thing was when I was vegan, I was never an evangelical vegan. I would do my thing. I would eat my food, but I wasn't telling anybody else that, you know, that's the way to go. So when I did switch over, I remember getting a lot of questions and a lot of Oh, but I thought you were a vegan and like, you now you changed and all this kind of stuff. And I, I thought, look, I never cared to spread this to anybody. I'm just yeah. doing this for me. <laughs> so don't worry about what I'm doing. Um, but I mean, they, they took it pretty well. I think one of my castmates on the show, when I decided to switch over, actually the first time I had meat, it was with him yeah. and we went out to a steakhouse. Um, so I, I, I definitely didn't go, um, tiptoeing <laughs> into this. <laughs> Let's go get a big old 16-ounce porterhouse. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Are you looking for a way to track your sleep that is accurate and affordable? Then check out biohackingring.com and use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout for $50 off. Now, you've often heard me discussing my sleep biohacking, quantifying how much deep sleep as well as REM sleep and other stages of sleep that I'm getting. And we now have a very cool and fashionable technology that's out there for tracking this data. Again, it's at biohackingring.com. Use the coupon code JIMMY, J-I-M-M-Y, at checkout. You'll get $50 off of this cutting edge device. I absolutely love this ring and I couldn't imagine not using it to look in on my sleep. Biohackingring.com is the website. Coupon code JIMMY for $50 off at checkout and you need to check it out and it gives you lots of data on sleep, activity, heart rate variability, heart rate, and more. Biohackingring.com Have you been interested in trying the new cutting edge technology of exogenous ketones, but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement 
treatment you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat, ketogenic diet with perfect keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high quality beta hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. So I've interviewed quite a few people on here, Will, uh, that are in Hollywood and they talk about the culture of Hollywood that you don't really talk a lot about diet, but for the most part, most people that are actors generally eat low carb anyway. Is that your finding as well? Mm-hmm. I absolutely think it's low refined carb. Right. Um, a lot of people in Hollywood, I would say, ascribed to some sort of healthy or clean eating protocol, which generally for them means whole grains and, you know, the leaner proteins, chicken, fish, things like that. Lots of vegetables. Yeah. Quinoa. Um, it's, it's almost a plant-based diet just with the inclusion of, of fish and chicken. And, you know, if they're trying to lose weight, they'll cut their calories and just, you know, grit and bear it through the hunger, probably up cardio, things like that. Yeah. So it generally isn't talked about though. One thing I do notice is portion control mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're huge fans of portion control. And I mean, they really only have to lean up and, and, you know, get really fit for red carpet events, for movies, um, for, for work. So the rest of the time, I'm sure there's a bit of a rebound effect. Yeah. Now it's really interesting what's happening in that culture, uh, with actors and actresses. There's, there's a big movement that I'm seeing, of body acceptance and and self-love that I haven't seen before. And a lot of Hollywood people are kind of being very vocal about that, which I see as nothing but a good thing if a lot of actors are speaking out and, and you know telling people to love themselves, accept themselves, be kind to one another. That can be nothing yeah. but a positive thing in our culture as well. I absolutely agree. And I think that is a reflection of our, our culture at this time. Um, you know, that, that just wasn't the norm back then, but I think now people are realizing let's prioritize health and let's not put unrealistic, uh, physiques up on a pedestal. Yes. And I think the other thing about that is a lot of these superhero bodies you see on TV and in movies, um, they're not doing that naturally. A lot of those guys that you're seeing in, in certain movies are not doing that naturally. And as far as the women go, um, the women will sometimes put themselves through just grueling regimens to get into the kind of shape that they get into and there's huge caloric deprivation and it's not the healthiest thing. So I, I think it's really a good thing that we're coming around and we're starting to just respect people for health rather than for, you know, unrealistic physiques. Which is why I love your, your work as well. Cause you're showing that there is another way to do it than starving yourself and working yeah. out till you drop. You can get lean doing even something as seemingly drastic as going, on an all meat diet. Talk about shifting from keto 
and then up in your game to kind of going more carnivore. Yes. Yeah, so that was basically in the pursuit of trying to create this, this lean muscular physique. And on keto, I was happy with my results, but I wasn't all the way there yet. Um, so keto, I mean, I could easily hover at, at a certain body fat percentage. I was probably, I don't know, maybe 12 to 15. Um, but to really get into that like super lean state that I wanted to get into for certain projects and for fitness modeling, things like that, I thought, okay, I have to change some things around here. Um, and one of the guys that I actually started looking to, um, who I know you're familiar with is Dr. Ted Naiman. Oh yeah. And I started approaching a bit more of a nutrient density. So I was trying to make sure every calorie I consumed was very nutrient dense. So whether that was fiber or protein, or it had some sort of important fat soluble nutrient. So, um, I basically cut out a lot of my bulletproof coffees and a lot of the, you know, the fat bombs and my lint dark chocolate bars. It was very sad to see those go. We all shed a tear over that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, not as many macadamia nuts. So I was basically focusing in a bit more on protein and fiber. And that was like the crux of my diet. And then slowly I started to eliminate fiber um, as I got into, you know, a lot of the, the zero carb community. And th this was actually a bit before Dr. Baker went on Joe Rogan. So I was Dr. reading Sean zero Baker, carbs yeah. in. Uh, Principia Carnivora and Esme Fleur, and I was checking out what Ambro Hearn did. Um, Andrew Scarborough, who, who is somebody that um, yep, I'm good friends with show now. Yep. Was ab oh, absolutely fascinating story. Um, yes. So he was somebody else I was listening to. So I really, really tried to approach it from a healthy way of eating. I can't say I was ever the, you know, Mr. Steak and Eggs, or I mean, Steak and Water. Um, I never went on the hardcore, like just red meat and salt. I always tried to incorporate some eggs, um, some wild caught fish, some, um, you know, just, just different types of animal foods. But once I switched over to that animal based diet, it was really, really uh, shocking to me how quickly my physique changed. So body fat began to drop dramatically. Um, fasting was a lot easier. Gym performance improved dramatically. So I think for me, I, you know, I, I could try to, uh, postulate why this happened but i think for me upping the protein um absolutely helped me athletically and in terms of body composition and also moderating the fat intake a bit i think previously i had been doing um fat to satiety and i could eat a lot of fat i could i could just down that stuff and it didn't seem to be as satiating for me so i think having moderately high fat levels um but also higher protein was sort of the switch for me and that's where things started to change so, Will, would you say you eat about a, what, two to one protein to fat ratio now? Are we talking calorically or, calorically. or in grams? Calorically. Uh, calorically, let's see, two to one fat to, to protein to ratio. One. I would say, look, so I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of exactly calorically yeah, yeah, no what it worries. would be. So in grams, I, do it in grams. What do you do in grams? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a weightlifter. So I'm going to throw him a, a lifeline here. He's struggling trying to do the math in his head there. <laughs> <laughs> um so i know that i'm eating probably 150 to 200 grams of protein a day okay and fat wise i'm probably doing around 150 grams of fat sometimes a bit less okay um, so yeah you're so two, it's pretty much around that one. so your two to one uh, ratio what which ends up being uh right around where ted likes to have the calories fall percentage wise fat ends up being about 70 percent 
and then protein is about yeah. 30% and you're basically eating no carbs. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and this is still a very high fat diet. You can um, it's not exactly that ketogenic way too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really valuable while you're doing that to also, you know, experience that time in the fasted state. And, um, you know, a lot's been said of the benefits of autophagy and all of the health benefits of that. But um, I think it's really important just for downregulating some of the growth factors. If you're eating, you know, higher protein, um, just to keep your body in, in a bit of a fasted state as much as you can. I like to train fasted in the morning. And then I will, you know, eat when I'm truly hungry, when I really feel that, you know, it's time to eat. So that usually for me comes out to about one or two meals a day. And at those meals, I'll just eat to satiety. There's, there's no sort of trying to restrict what I'm eating. Right. It's just choosing the foods, restricting, you know, how many foods I'm eating. So I'll say, okay, I'll be eating meat, eggs, and fish at this meal. Um, and then I'll just let my body decide the quantity. So what subjectively do you look for to note that satiety is happening? Honestly, I, I love to eat. So it's really just when food isn't entertaining me anymore. <laughs> well, that's um, interesting because you I, said I eating food to satiety. I, and because a lot of people, they struggle with this, Will, knowing when satiety is. So having come from this diet where you were always hungry, uh, vegan, uh, you were always hungry eating every couple of hours and still starving to death to now having the opposite problem yeah. of you're really not hungry that often. So you're able to spontaneously intermittent fast. And when you do eat, you set it to let your body tell you when you've had enough. So what are those signs? What are you physically feeling? Obviously you're doing a lot on intuition now, but when you first yeah. started, you had to have some kind of formula signs to look for. What should people be looking for? I, I would say, man, it's tricky to describe my subjective experience to fullness um, for me, it's just, you know, each, each bite seems to have less, uh, utility for me as I continue. But, um, I guess I would say I would usually just give myself an amount of food that I thought was enough. So a lot of the times I'll eat maybe about a pound of red meat with six eggs and some fish on the side, and I'll put cheese on top of that. And that, that's a pretty good meal for that's me. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge guy, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of food for a, a 150 pound uh, little guy. I don't so, think I could eat um, that, and I'm uh, almost double your weight. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, trust me, I'm very very happy to be go going this route rather than you know a kale salad with quinoa of and uh, lentils. Um, so I mean, usually I would eat something about that size, and if you know, once I finish that, uh, if if I'm still hungry, you know, and I, I really feel hungry, then I might go back and make something else. But usually I'll just eyeball it and I know about how much I need per meal now. Right. It's usually somewhere in the ballpark of about a pound of red meat. Um, it's usually like four to six eggs. And then on top of that, it'll be some extra protein source on the side. But you're also working out extremely hard in the gym in a fasted state. Uh, tell us a little bit about your workout regimen. Yeah. So I like to train in the morning. And I try to about five or six days a week, um, I will do lifting and cardio daily. So lifting wise, it's basically, it, it, it's kind of funny because um, I switched over from a lot of the power lifting and a lot, a lot of the stuff the guys like Luis uh, uh, Senor would um, recommend and a lot of the keto weightlifter guys, it's very like you're focusing on power lifting, compound lifts, you're really focusing on um, getting the best bang for your buck. 
So when I started to move more into bodybuilding training, which is a bit more higher rep, higher volume, um, and you're sort of going for the pump, as Arnold would say, um, I actually noticed a lot better results in my physique than focusing on that lower rep, heavyweight powerlifting. Um, that seemed to give me a blocky, very dense and strong physique. But in terms of getting muscular definition and getting a lot of muscle tone, that seemed to come when I actually switched over to higher reps, higher volume. So I'll do that about five or six days a week. That'll take about 45 minutes. And then on top of that, um, I've been pretty convinced uh, about the benefits of zone two cardio. So that's something that I sort of picked up from Vinny Torrich and I started to implement that. And um, about 45 to 60 minutes a day of zone two cardio. What's that mean? What's zone two cardio? Zone two cardio is essentially you're taking, well, you're trying to stay in this aerobic um, threshold. So you don't want to be getting into an anaerobic or glycolytic state where you start to get uh, too intense with your cardio. Is it based on um, your heart which rate? Is, it's absolutely based on your heart rate. So yeah. the rule of thumb is 180 minus your age plus or minus a few points based on your uh, fitness levels. Mm -hmm. So for me, that usually comes out to be, um, I want to be in like the 150s. So as long as I keep my heart rate in the 150s, I'm in a pretty good aerobic zone. I'm not panting. I could still maintain a conversation and I can do it for quite a long time. Um, And you start to get a lot of those aerobic benefits. Got it. Yeah, I've been flipping a tire in my side yard for high intensity interval training and I'm panting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, there, there are absolutely benefits to that, you know, and depleting muscle glycogen, I think is fantastic. And I think that's, that's a great form of exercise, but I've, I've just been strongly convinced, uh, the two main guys that I've gotten this from is Mark Sisson and Vinny Tortorich. Yeah. Um, both of whom are, you know, silver foxes that are going into their golden years in fantastic shape. And I, I kind of looked at what they were saying about that. And it's just, it's far more gentle on the body. You can get your body to get really, really good at burning fat. Um, you know, and this can be like a daily practice. And I think especially in the fasted state, it has even more value. So when I combine those two things with my weight training and then that fasted cardio every day, um, those seem to be the practices that just get me very, very lean. Right. I probably hang out if I had to eyeball it. I know that people are always off and overestimate how, how in shape they are. Um, but I would have to eyeball that I'm probably usually at somewhere six to 8% body fat. Um, I did an in-body test that, uh, stated that I was 3.8% body fat. That was at the bulletproof labs. Um, that's a bit low. I, I don't think I was, uh, down to my essential body fat stores, but I was pretty lean at the time. And I'll usually honestly just use subjective measures. So I'll look at things like the bottom abs you know, and like, like my lower back and things like that. And I can usually tell how lean I'm getting. I do not like the scale. I don't like any, I'm not a huge fan of tracking for me because I'm really trying to make this an intuitive lifestyle where I don't have to be shackled by any sort of, um, practices that I need to constantly, you know, track this, track that. If, if I feel good, if my mental clarity is there and my focus is there, if I'm eating good meals and I have energy, um, I'm trying to create as much of an intuitive approach for myself as I can. I, I feel almost like it's like taking the training wheels off um, and just being able to to ride on your own um, based on your biofeedback and what your body's telling you. And obviously surrounded by a very, very sound nutritional protocol. Living la vida low carb, talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy, it ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis.
ketosis called ketonics Woo. It measures your breath for ketones Are you burning fat? It's the first of its kind All my ketonians, where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know Wanna look and feel incredible We live in La Vida, low carb Get your body healthy and live long Hey, Keep my fats high And my carbs low Need my glucose down right now Pronto Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we on it, yeah, yeah With ketonics, I'm burning fat and I'm on it, yeah, yeah Living La Vida, low carb, I do this every day If you wanna burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah Go to ketonics.co And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com I want some pizza, I'm just in the mood So I check the website, real good foods But I'm trying to eat healthy, trust No flour, it's 11 inch cauliflower crust Low carb, high fat, and plenty protein Grain and gluten free, everything that you need Made in four flavors, ooh wee Uncured pepperoni, margarita, veggie, or cheese If low carb pizza is what you want You need to check realgoodfoods.com Taste is amazing, oh yeah it's the bomb You need to check realgoodfoods.com Foods.com. Free shipping online and in Kroger stores across the U.S. Realgoodfoods.com. Woo! So, Will, how long have you been carnivore now? Carnivore for about, it's over a year. I, I don't know if it's quite a year and a half, but okay. it's over a year. At this Let's point. just say a year and a half just for the sake of what I'm about to ask. So, you were vegan for vegan vegetarian for about four years and you started to notice some mm-hmm. issues coming up. Have you had any issues in the year and a half that you've been doing carnivore that kind of make you go, mm, this may not necessarily be right for me, but you're continuing on anyway. Well, um, I, I guess I would clarify about the one and a half years carnivore. So carnivore is essentially my base diet. That's what I do, especially if I'm trying to drop body fat and for athletic performance. Mm-hmm. But I do not have any religious adherence to carnivore. So, ah, so you have vegetables every once in a while. Exactly. If if I feel that I want some some kimchi or some sauerkraut, if I feel like I want some berries, um, I have those a lot more rarely than I think the average ketogenic person might. Right. But um, I will incorporate those because ultimately I don't have an autoimmune issue. Um, to my under to my not. I don't have any gut issues currently. Um, you know, my like my stomach is healthy. It's it's ready to digest different things. So I see absolutely no issue with bringing those, those foods in. I know that you know in that carnivore community there are a lot of people who do have you know issues with anti nutrients and histamines and uh, salicylates and lectins and things like that. Um, I don't knock what they're doing at all. You know, it's working for them, um, and you know more power to them. But I think for me my body does benefit from certain plant foods. So carnivore is essentially my base diet and that's what I stick to most days of the week. But if I feel that I need something, I'll go for it. And I think, I I know that, uh, you know, Ted Naiman's brought up some of the issues with, um, he's starting to see people with weird folate levels and there's, there's been a whole lot of publicized stuff about Sean Baker's lab results. Um, so I, I don't know, and I, I would not recommend people doing strict carnivore as a lifelong diet, but I think as a base template and then including those foods that your body can tolerate, I think that's probably the smartest way to do it. Carnivore, uh, if you're doing like the steak and water diet, that's a fantastic elimination protocol. And it really gets you down to a basic food that I think most people 
can digest pretty well. But I don't think you should stay there. You know, even if you're feeling fantastic and, you know, you're starting to um, just experience all these health improvements, you want to start seeing what you can incorporate it in again um, because there are so many nutrient benefits to these different foods. And, you know, once you find your, your five or 10 foods or whatever sits best with your body, then you've got a nice, uh, complete nutrient spectrum and you can really just stick with those moving forward. You know, what's fascinating about watching Sean Baker throw three ribeye steaks on the grill while he does an Instagram live, uh, is about a decade ago. I did a similar styled kind of eliminating almost everything except for eggs. And so I created this egg Mm. fast thing that now it's so funny because I hear people, Oh, are you doing Jimmy Moore's egg fast? And I'm going, I, I never intended for people to actually do that, but <laughs> but yeah. I did do that for 30 days. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was my first little sneak peek into keto. Uh, and that was way back in 2008 that I did that and uh, kind of opened my eyes that maybe there are times when going all meat, going all eggs that could kind of reset your body, so to speak. Yeah, it does. And it also gives you just a great knowledge of how different foods are affecting you. I believe when people say, you know, they feel so much better on the 90 day, you know, meat only challenge. I totally believe that. And obviously body composition is changing and there are benefits that come along with that just inherently. But um, yeah, I think once you've got that nice, you know, you've spent some time doing meat only, try to incorporate different foods. Um, just looking for your long-term health. I think that, you know, long-term, that's probably the best way to go. Um, I do occasionally just stick to one food. You know, I'll, I'll say I'll just do red meat for about a week. Um, and that seems to be, to me, the best fat loss protocol. Um, for me, that works extremely well. When I just, just go to a mono food diet, I say, I'm just going to do red meat. Um, and especially if I go for slightly leaner cuts, um, that is the fastest fat loss I've ever ever seen on a diet while still being satiated. And, and those are sort of the two markers that I'm always tracking satiety and, um, you know, sort of the, the level of leanness with my approach. So I, I just, I honestly can't calorically deprive myself anymore. I've done that so many times and I've done it for so long back when I was vegan and doing these different diets, um, you know, and trying to be in a caloric deficit and counting your calories that at this point, I think satiety is just extremely important to me. Yeah. Well, one thing that helps with the satiety that isn't talked about enough in the ketogenic community is the nutrient density of the food you're eating, which is why food quality matters, which is why what's in that food you're consuming is probably just as important uh, from a micronutrient perspective is just as important as the macronutrient. And I know that's a big part of your work as well. Oh, absolutely. That's that's extremely extremely important. And I've tried to incorporate that in the programs that I've released. So um, I'm, I'm just releasing actually today. Uh, well, actually, when this comes out, it might not be today. It might have been it's last, last week. week. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, if you're listening to this, I just released, um, it's an eight week program that I basically take uh, people through a fat loss protocol, the exact same thing that I would do to myself. So, um, or actually, so I, w- I should say do for myself. <laughs> You're going to do for um, yourself, yes. But basically, I take them through. <laughs> yes, I'm going to punish myself with this. Um, so I take them through my training, my cardio, and exactly what sort of eating approach I would use. Um, it's not a, a heavy focus on calories, but it's a strong focus on food quality, nutrient density, and then optimizing protein, 
and scaling back. Definitely the carbs are low, but scaling back some of the excess fats so that, you know, you're sort of eating what's found in the whole foods as opposed to added fats. So that is coming out. Um, and then I also have the carnivore shredding ebook, which basically covers everything I've learned about this carnivore approach for body composition. Um, I, I know that a lot of people do this for different reasons, but there are some absolute body composition benefits to this approach. So all of that is in the carnivore shredding ebook. Yeah. Um, but I, yes, I, I totally agree with you in terms of nutrient density. It's, it's just, it's that important. Um, I'm currently reading deep nutrition with, uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan yep. and she does a fantastic job of explaining how we're really communicating with our genes and these genetic changes can occur within a generation just based on, you know, the nutrition your mother had and what you were fed as a kid. So you're really sending signals to your body and it's so much more than, you know, your macros. My girlfriend and I always joke about, uh, you know, the whole, if it fits your macros community and trying to fit Oreos into your macros. And the, the kind of people that do that, that whole flexible dieting approach, Yuck. these uh, Instagram-y YouTube fitness models, people need to keep in mind they're young. Um, they're probably very insulin sensitive. They're working out like crazy. And a lot of them might be using a few uh, special hormones. So, you know, it's, it, it's definitely not a level playing field here. And yeah. they, they probably won the genetic lottery as well. So this is not a level playing field it doesn't work for everybody. And I know that a lot of them, uh, we personally know a lot of people that do this. And when they're trying to cut body fat, you know, they're doing their caloric deficits. So they're counting their calories, watching their macros, but they're so hungry that they're constantly downing energy drinks and coffee to try to suppress their appetite and artificially stimulate themselves. So if people think what you see on the glittery YouTube screen about how great this, this flexible dieting, eat your cheesecake and your, and your, you know, Oreos and all that stuff, stuff. It's not nearly as good as you think. Um, these people are dealing with issues and it'll be a while before they see any health ramifications from that sort of lifestyle. Wait till they hit 40. But that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It definitely catches up with you. Yeah, that's it's scary to think about. And how many people are being influenced by that all along the way that then they oh, do yeah. see their health decline at 40. So, yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs, but you're certainly sounding the alarm on it. Tell us about your podcast. When's it coming out? So the podcast will be coming out in about two to three weeks. I'm going to be co-hosting that. I don't know how much I can say about this yet. I, I should you actually say the name run this cast. Well, he, he's a good friend of yours, Chris Bell. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Chris and I are going to be putting this together and um, we're going to be delving into a lot of the areas of interest that we're passionate about. So we share a lot in common in terms of diet, but also in terms of our past with wrestling, um, in terms of weight training and powerlifting. So we're going to be bringing on a lot of, a lot of figures in the entertainment community, a lot of figures in, you know, sports entertainment, um, as well as figures in the health community. So it's just, we, for some reason, we happen to line up on a lot of different areas of interest. That's so cool. we're just going to be exploring those and chatting and I'm um, talking about that. So is it called the Brocast Health Podcast? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's called Meathead Millionaire and His Sidekick. There you go. <laughs> um, no, that's actually pretty catchy. And no, I think um, Mark Bell has that Meathead Millionaire uh, trademark. Yes, 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 um, yes he does. <laughs> but yeah, so we're, we're still working out all the kinks, but that'll be coming out pretty soon. That's cool. Well, definitely people can check it out at your website, williamshufelt.com. That's William, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T.com. 
And if you're interested in his carnivore shredding ebook, the carnivore shredding program.com. And he's on Instagram uh, with his name as well. William Schufelt. Well, William, William, Will, whatever we call you here today. Thanks for being <laughs> here today on the living La Vida low carb show. Jimmy, thank you so much. The work that you've done to publicize this message and to get this work out to everyone. Um, I, I just have to say, I respect it so much. Thank you for everything you're doing. And you really, really shine on the podcast format. Um, it's, it's been so fun speaking to you here. Um, but you're a very, very entertaining personality. And honestly, um, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Living the vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Disc of Light.